Well, thanks for joining me. It's always great to pray with you. And this is, uh, to me, the highlight of, of what I do every afternoon. We could talk about what's happening in the world and the culture and the church. But the one thing that you and I can do right now is change things. We can, um, we can petition the throne of God. And I believe miracles happen. In fact, I've received so many answered prayers over and over again from people who are saying, wow, the chaplet has really prevailed. Uh, but a person wrote to me just recently and said, hey, our family friend David is out of the hospital. He's at home recovering from COVID. Thank you for your ministry. We've been praying the chaplet with you. Another person says, look, my name is Maria. I promised God I was going to call Relevant Radio to testify that uh, he always listens to our prayers. My daughter had tested positive for uterus cancer. And Drew, I was listening to you every day during this mercy hour and all the people asking for prayers about cancer. Well, I prayed the chaplet with you. And a week later, we went back to the doctor to see what kind of treatment was going to be needed. So they tested her again. And to our amazement, there was no sign of cancer. Everything was back to normal. She said, I want to praise God. It has been like five years. Uh, God is, is perfect. And when he cures, those healings are perfect. And my daughter is doing well. Um, bless you. I listen to you every day on the app. Well, thank you very much for listening to us. And if you want to join me, I'll, I'll, you might be new to the program. You might have only been listening to the show for a first, you know, for for a short time. Maybe this is your first day. We gather together every day across the nation. We pray this powerful prayer given by Jesus himself to the first saint of the new millennium, St. Faustina. And this is a powerful prayer with lots of promises. And we've seen so much fruit come from it. If you want to join me, I'll give you the number. It's 888-914-9149. Put that in your speed dial and pray with me every day. And please tell others about the chaplet as well. Just want to share a prayer request here or two that has come in. This person says, God bless you for what you do. You and your family of Relevant Radio are in my prayers. I pray uh, with you on the divine mercy. Uh, I've been asking prayers today. I'm almost 65, feeling very, very overwhelmed. I just found out that someone has filed for unemployment in my name. And I have suffered identity theft. My job has become more complex, and that is overwhelming too. I'm just praying for healing for our country. I'm concerned uh, that conservatives are being silenced and uh, all of this feels so, so very scary. Uh, I'm happy to be able to get back to daily mass and uh, she's had potential uh, exposure to COVID at church and I'm so concerned for both our country and the church. Would you please pray for these intentions? All right, Pam, we're going to pray for you right now. And uh, we'll lift up everybody who has called in uh, on the air. I'm joined by Chris Flood today. She joins me for the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And Chris, thank you for being here. Uh, any intention you'd like to lift up as we begin? Yes, I would just like to pray for peace in our country and guidance for all of our government leaders. All right. Great prayer. Important prayer. And Patrick. Yes, I have an intention as well, uh, praying for uh, one of the uh, girls I uh, teach for confirmation. We just heard that she's uh, fighting cancer. That's yeah. She's a young girl, I'm assuming. Yes, huh? high schooler. Yeah. That's tragic. All right. Well, let's let's turn to the Lord. Let's ask right now for his mercy. And I've been telling you, I've been working on this book on divine mercy. As I go through and I read more of what the Lord tells to St. Faustina, and as I actually put it to, to paper, so to speak, um, my own faith gets deepened. It gets emboldened. Um, this is a powerful time of prayer, and this is a powerful prayer. And there is a power with us praying together. And I know that God is going to hear these prayers of ours. So let's pray for whatever your intentions and needs are. And let's begin as we do every day in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You expire, Jesus, but the source of life gushed forth for souls, and the ocean of mercy opened up for the whole world. O font of life, unfathomable divine mercy, envelop the whole world and empty yourself out upon us. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. O blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and was born of the Virgin, Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell on the third day. He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take our first call today. It comes from... Uh, Araceli, listening in Queens, New York. Hi, Araceli. Hi, Drew. How are you? Hey, I'm okay. Um, I just want to call, I'm calling for um, a good friend of mine who is in the hospital battling lupus. Mm-hmm. And we were told that she's in really bad, bad shape. Um, it doesn't look like she's going to come out of the hospital. And I just want to pray for a miracle. Ask God to please completely heal her to rid her of lupus, that she come out healthy. All right, well, let's and, look. Let's... And never, you know, completely clean, healed, completely healed. Okay, I, I love it. Let's, let's pray big, right? Let's, let's ask for complete healing. Yeah. Let's do that. I, I have a friend of mine, and Sister Brittany, if you're listening, we're praying for you as well. Sister Brittany, I think it's public knowledge that she's been battling lupus as well. And I want to pray for anyone with this disease. Um, it is a tremendous cross. It is a great suffering. And Lord, I just, I, I give to you now those with chronic disease. I give you those with debilitating disease. I, I just, um, I just ask for your mercy on these souls. I, I really do. And if you're suffering now, maybe you have fibromyalgia, maybe you have some sort of chronic pain, maybe it's back pain, sciatica, maybe it's lupus or Gehrig's disease or whatever it might be. Uh, if you are suffering, I want you to know how much you are loved by God. God loves you. St. Faustina wrote in her diary, she says, if the suffering soul knew how much it was loved by God, it would die of joy. You would die of joy and, and of excessive happiness. And she said something very haunting that I never forgot. She says, someday you and I are going to know the value of our suffering. But at that time, we're going to no longer be able to suffer. So this moment right now, is ours. The present moment is ours. There'll be a time when we can no longer suffer. So suffering can be meritorious. We ask God to to take it from us, if that be his will. But if not, 
Lord, I ask that you make it meritorious. You allow grace to flow. You allow it to bring about conversion. That you use it in a powerful way as we unite it to that of your Son on the cross. We pray, Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world all right john's listening in appleton wisconsin home of houdini hey john good afternoon good afternoon Drew. thank you for taking my call um three quick intentions i just wanted to uh have a said so i need my spouse um, also, a prayer that a friend of mine who has gone through some trauma, she's going to be right now, that she did my complete total healing. Um, and lastly, I wrote a song uh, a few months back um, that is a love song ballad, and I took it, I'm taking it to a studio and having a music video created, and there's been a lot of spiritual things that have happened surrounding that uh, song and video and the people that helped me out. So I just wanted to um, ask for prayers that... Uh, everything goes well on the production of it and that God bless you just whatever else it's supposed to go with. I love it, John. Hey, I, I wish you the, the greatest success with it. I think it's fantastic. And, and I often share if it's a spiritual work and it's going to bring good, if it's going to, you know, perhaps even bring people closer to God or it's going to spread that love, um, know that the adversary doesn't want it. And I often think of the, and I, I quote this a lot because I'm always so struck by it. Faustina said, look, know well the greater, the more beautiful your work, the more terrible will the storms be that rage against it. But keep praying. I've been in some pretty big storms. You know what? But God has always gotten me through them, and the fruit of it has been absolutely amazing. So I want to pray for the success of your project. I know your first intention was to find a spouse. So, Lord, I pray for that as well. So many people right now in troubled marriages, difficult relationships, um, those who are lonely, those who are praying for that soulmate, that's that spouse, that they can grow in holiness and, and live out that vocation of marital life. I, I pray in particular for that. And I, I don't know, John, your signal was a little rough, but one of the other tensions I think I picked up was you're praying for a friend that has suffered great trauma and you're praying for healing. So, Lord, you know the deepest wounds so many right now have in the areas that we all need healing. So we just submit this intention. We ask for your loving embrace, for complete healing as we pray, Eternal Father. We offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion 
Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right. Lori is listening in Tom's River, New Jersey. Lori, good afternoon. Drew, how are you? I'm great today. Thanks. Thanks for calling. Good. Thank you so much. God bless you for everything you do for us. I'm calling today for my very dear friend, Julia. She is suffering with a chronic illness and has been for 20 plus years. She's very young. She is very sick. Uh, She suffered such loss in her life, especially this past year. And she um, is losing her faith and she's hanging on by a thread. And she needs all of our prayers, please. All right. Well, let's pray for her. I'm glad you got through. I want to pray for you too, Laurie, for all of your intentions, whatever it may be, but but for your friend uh, in particular. And uh, gosh, it's hard when you are going through a difficult time, you know, when, when you wonder where God is or why he permits these situations to take place. And we've all been there. I've been there. I've, I've questioned God on a few times and I was always disappointed and ashamed of myself later when I realized he was always with me. You know, Padre Pio once said that the most beautiful creed that you could pronounce is the one in your hour of darkness. Let God know how much you love him and how much you trust him. Um, St. Rosalima said the same thing. You know, without the the burden of affliction, it's impossible to reach the heights of grace. So if you're going through a difficult time right now, know God is with you. Know that this is a meritorious time, that the grace, gift of grace increases as the struggle increases. I pray for Laurie. Laurie, I pray for her friend who is very ill right now. And I ask by virtue of these prayers, from this moment forward, her health begin to change. She can be restored to complete health, and you allow grace to fill her heart. I pray for Laurie and all her intentions. I pray for all who are united to me now. Read our hearts and our minds. Give us the grace we need and open the right doors and close the other ones. And just hear our prayers. Make very visible your response as we pray. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. An atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. All right. Mary is calling. Uh, is, uh, Patrick, is Mary up next? Chicago is that what I'm looking at here? All right. Mary in yes, Chicago. Hello. Hi, Mary. Hi, Drew. Thank you for taking my call. Um, thank you. I'd like to pray for my husband, please. He's had a string of job loss over the years, and today he's starting a new job, um, much more humble than what he's been used to. And I just pray that... He does well with it, and it opens up doors for him, and that he'll be protected. And also for you, um, I know the other day you asked for for peace, and I'd like to continue to pray for that for you as well and your family. Mary, thank you for remembering that. I I do appreciate that. And I will pray for your husband now. And my wife and I, as we pray together at night, uh, we'll remember your husband as well. Starting a a part-time job, I I had a call from a man today who's been looking for work, and He's very talented. He's going to end up driving or Uber. I mean, it's hard out there for so many people. So, Lord, I, I pray right now for those who are starting new jobs, 
uh, new careers, new beginnings. I, I pray for those who are underemployed and unemployed, for those in particular that are really struggling financially. And I just ask for your providence, your abundance, your blessing to come to these souls. And I pray for Mary and all of her, her personal intentions. I unite her prayers to all those on hold and all those now praying with me as we turn to you once again. Eternal Father, we offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. An atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Our next call comes from Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, Harold is praying with us there. Hi, Harold. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I want to prayers for my son who's had a bad liver, and he's only got three weeks to three months to live. Oh, no. And uh, I also pray for my wife and my other son. They're also not in real good shape. I also pray for peace in this country. Yeah. And well, uh, right. and for your staff and Father Rocky and everybody, because I thank you so much for this this right. program you, you have there in prayers. So. Thank you, Harold. Harold, my heart goes out to you, brother. I am so, so sorry. I want to pray for your son. And, you know, I don't know what God has in store, but we're going to pray for his mercy, okay? And, and I want to pray for you. Yeah. As a father, I, I, gosh, walking in your shoes, I don't know how we do it. It's one of the greatest pain I think a parent can, can experience is to watch yeah. children suffer like that. Hang in there. And my wife and I are going to pray for you. I have a little prayer list. And I, I remember everybody that I pray on, the, the, that prays the chapel with us here, but Certain intentions sometimes haunt me, and, and my heart goes out to you, one father to another, and um, you hang in there. Lord, Lord I, I ask, I just ask for your mercy. You heard the man's intention. We pray for his son, who has only been given three weeks to three months to live. You've raised from the dead. You've restored sight and the ability to walk. Lord, you healed the hemophiliac. Nothing is impossible with you. I don't know your will, but I do submit myself to it. But I pray in particular for Harold, for his son. And Lord, I ask that this time in which we gather can be a time of miracles so they can testify to your goodness, to your mercy, to the power and the promises of this prayer that you have given to us through St. Faustina. You told her no mind, be it human or angelic, will ever be able to fathom the depths of your mercy, not through all eternity. So, Lord, I just trust in your mercy. I know that the more we ask, the more soul trusts, the more we will receive. So on behalf of those doubting souls, Lord, I come to you now. I invoke St. Faustina and unite my prayers to those who pray, Eternal Father. We offer you the body, blood, soul, and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, 
our Lord Jesus Christ. An atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. For the sake of his sorrowful passion. Have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world for the sake of his sorrowful passion have mercy on us and on the whole world all right was that the last decade there Chris? okay let's let's conclude our prayers holy god holy mighty one holy immortal one have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, holy mighty one, holy immortal one. Have mercy on us and on the whole world. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible, please look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us so that in difficult moments we may not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence Submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Our Lady Queen of Heaven. Pray for us. Our Lady of Good Help. Pray for us. Mother of Mercy. Pray for us. Our Lady of Guadalupe. Pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful. Pray for us. Saint Joseph. Pray for us. Saint Faustina. Pray for us. Saint John Paul II. Pray for us. Saint Peregrine. Pray for us. Saint Jose Maria Escriva. Pray for us. Saint Patrick. Pray for us. Blessed Michael Sapochko. Pray for us. All you holy souls in purgatory. Pray for us. Venerable Maza, uh, Samuel Mazzucchelli. Pray for us. And all you angels and saints. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Uh, I want to share with you a story about a man who I knew that died. I'll share that when I return. Tweet us your prayer intention anytime on Twitter at Drew Mariani Show. No one ever said that life would be easy, but no one ever said you had to walk through it alone. The Drew Mariani Show, your life connected, connected on Relevant Radio. Thank you for joining me. So good to be back here with you today. Boy, I, I want to share with you uh, a little bit about a man who um, his passing from COVID has haunted me. Uh, he was a man of great love, great charity. Uh, he was a... Uh, I, I, I've, I've been turning to him for his intercession. I think this is a, a man who is a saint. I often think about how you and I harbor unforgiveness for those who've hurt us. And look, we've all been wounded by people. It's easy to hold those grudges. It's easy not to forgive. Uh, this is a man whose family was massacred, his parish was massacred, and yet he forgave the very people who did it. And we'll stand before God, and we will be judged by how we conducted our lives. And one of the great things that we'll be judged by is how we forgave, you know, how we forgave. You probably heard, I was off the air Friday. I was back um, with family. Uh, there were my wife's aunt that we had been praying for. She passed away. Uh, and the funeral was right after Christmas. And uh, I had 
broadcast live last week from the East Coast, and I'm back in our network studios here uh, at uh, at Relevant Radio. But um, uh, during that time, uh, Father Ubald uh, passed away, and I know you know him. Uh, this was a, a powerful priest, um, a man who impressed me very much. I mean, no matter how great or small, I really believe forgiveness is such a powerful, powerful tool when it's applied through the power of God. And you can easily forgive, you know, the little matters of life. You know, when you push through, you know, adversity from a friend or a loved one, yeah. But what about some sincere forgiveness for the person that's really wounded you, hurt you, abused you, has taken somebody you loved? Do you really have that Christ-like forgiveness that really matters? Father Ubal did. Um, and and God called him home. I, I was last time I saw him was in October. I was doing a live radio broadcast from uh, Champion, Wisconsin, and Father had celebrated Mass. He came down. Um, he didn't have his mask on because he had celebrated Mass. And he was sworn by a lot of people. Uh, he then went on to I believe Wyoming after that. And next thing you know, he had COVID. Now where he contracted it, nobody can really tell. Was it at the shrine? Was it somewhere else? I I, I don't know. But what we do know is that he would go into the battle of his life. And uh, he was on a ventilator. And if you think COVID is not serious or not dangerous, it affects everybody very differently. Everybody. This was a man who was in good health. He was vibrant, full of energy, full of love, with a great mission. Uh, So many healings surrounded this man. And yet God called him home. I felt like a light was extinguished. I don't know if you're familiar with what happened back in 1994, and in a moment, uh, Immaculate Ilabagiz is going to be joining me. She's the author of the New York Times best-selling book, Left to Tell, and she her, her that is an, an absolute must-read. It's one of the top 10 books you have to read. Trust me on that. If you're looking for something, check that book out. Her story is amazing. She, too, is a Rwanda genocide survivor. Back in 94, uh, this horrible ethnic cleansing erupted in this tiny landlocked country of Rwanda. And it took place between uh, two different groups, the Hutus and the Tutsis. And uh, this tribal polarization exploded. Uh, the, the, the president was assassinated. And then the Hutus, uh, over the period of about 100 days, uh, massacred a million people, just systematically, violently, hunted people. They killed him. They, they, they massacred him with machetes. And in the midst of the killing was a Catholic priest, Father U, uh, Ubald. And uh, his father was a Tutsi. He'd been murdered uh, b- back in the 60s. So he already knows what it was like to lose somebody he really loved. Well, when this genocide erupted, um, they went and they brutally murdered 45,000 Tutsi members, he says, of his parish, 80 members of his immediate and extended family, including his own mother, were exterminated within just the two, first two weeks of this massacre. So the bishop you know, told Father Ubal to flee uh, and that he should return to bring healing to his people. And when the, when the genocide finally ended it and there was this horrible exodus from, from Rwanda, the country was torn apart. Uh, it was without, I, I really believe it was a demonic possession. I mean, there was an intensity of evil I have never seen before. Uh, and I was in that country in 90, in 89, you know, just a few years before this, this genocide ever erupted. And the Virgin Mary appeared there uh, in a church approved apparition. She came as mother of the word and she gave a, a handful of seers, there were eight, eight kids who were given a vision of the future. And they saw rivers floating with bodies with no heads. They saw trees aflame. They saw people crying. They saw all that was about to unfold. And 
true to Our Lady's prophecy, that's exactly what happened. I mean, blood ran down the aisles of churches as nuns and priests were massacred. You know, people were left to bloat. The dead were left to bloat in the hot tropical Rwandan sun. There were so many bodies, they couldn't bury them. They were floating down the Kagera River, which which means river of blood, believe it or not, into into the, the Great Lake there. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was something out of hell, to be honest with you. It really was. So Father Ubald leaves, right? He, he ends up leaving. He goes... Uh, uh, to France, and I believe he was praying at the uh, at the shrine of Our Lady of Lourdes, and it was there uh, that the Lord spoke to him and told him that he should return and and to forgive, and that's exactly what he did. Uh, God filled his heart with forgiveness. A uh, forgiveness it has to be divine; it can only come from God. I I don't know if somebody massacred. My wife, my children, my parents, my loved ones, my extended family. I mean, how can you forgive? So you, you know what Father Ubal did? Uh, responding and submitting to the call of the Lord. Uh, he didn't seek revenge. He sought forgiveness. You know, quite often survivors of, of ethnic groups, you know, that, that survive, they have survivor guilt, guilt for surviving, guilt for not doing enough to prevent or mitigate the conflict or protecting their loved ones. Father went back after this visit with the Lord. He was meditating on the stations. That's when the Lord told him, pick up your cross and and go back. Uh, He met with the mayor of the the town and he forgave the mayor of this town who was the man who ordered the murder of his his own mother. And then you know what Father Ubal did? He took responsibility for that man's child. He treated that man's child as his own. He even paid for the the, the man's son's schooling. Father Ubal was a man that radiated the purity of God's grace. He, He preached forgiveness and reconciliation. That was his mission. He built a center in Rwanda called the the Secret of Peace, which ministered to people in Rwanda and the surrounding areas. He, his whole mission was about reconciliation. And you might have encountered him. He was on my radio program many, many times. He was at the National Shrine. He's been all over this country. And as you know, you know, God gave him this healing gift, this charism of healing. And it's not like he'd come up and bang you on the head. And the way this would work, he would celebrate Mass. And then after Mass, as the rosary is being prayed, he would take the Eucharist and he'd, per, he'd, he'd process up and down the aisles. And then the Lord would show him what was being healed. He would show him this person with blindness or this person with cancer in the liver or this person who had a blood clot or whatever the problem would be. And the Lord would tell him who was being healed. And the Father would call it out. He would tell these people in this in attendance that some were really bizarre diseases too. I'm like, how would this man even know this? He barely speaks English, right? You know, he was... And yet that was the Holy Spirit at work. The miracles that took place with this man were legion. I mean, they were off the charts. The healings were off the charts. And people came from all over to to seek his his gift. 50,000 people would come when he was in Rwanda. Uh, there were people who had diabetes. There were people that were paralyzed. There was a young girl whose feet, uh, you know, were, were she had these club feet miraculously healed. I mean, and it goes on and on and on from, from cancer to blindness. Um, the Lord used him in a powerful way. And I, I remember driving him to Chicago one day. I was in, in Green Bay where he was with some friends and I took him down to meet somebody in Chicago, and I said, Father, you want to pray the rosary? Oh, sure, Drew. Well, it took us two hours, and we prayed all four mysteries, but you should see the intensity 
of this man's prayer. Well, God called him home from COVID. Uh, and I would say to you, call upon his intercession. And, and in particular today, maybe God's speaking to you in a personal way. Maybe there's somebody who hurt you. Maybe there's somebody who violated you. Maybe there's somebody who abused you, mistreated you, cheated you. Maybe there's somebody that you just cannot forgive. Ask him to intercede before the throne of God, that you'll have the grace to do that, that you too can be set free because Jesus has called us all to forgive, right? When he was on the cross, that's what Christ said, right? Lord, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. And we are called to do exactly, exactly what, uh, what Christ has done as well. Uh, you know, there's a woman who I know who uh, knew and loved Father Ubald as well, and you probably know her as well. Uh, and again, I'll, I'll recommend you read her story. Her name is Immaculate Ilabagiza, and she wrote the New York Times bestselling author, Left to Tell. She also wrote other books. There's a great book on Emmanuel Segastasha. He was one of the seers in Rwanda. Uh, he actually was. Uh, he actually died. Uh, but uh, her story is, a, is an amazing one. Uh, she, too, was there in the midst of this demonic frenzy. And uh, she survived one of history's most brutal genocides for 91 harrowing days. 91 days. Back in 1994, she was only 22 years old. Uh, she hid it in the bathroom of a minister's house with seven other adults. Now think about that, okay? Envision this. Seven people, you know, in, in this bathroom. Yeah, maybe it was eight with her. And they knew that at any moment they would die. They could hear the screams. They knew what happened. Unable to, to escape. The Hutus were in the midst of a, just a reign of, of terror. And for three months, 91 days, she had to stay in a bathroom. It was a secret bathroom that even some of the minister's family didn't know about. It was three by four feet. Now, just give that some perspective. Three by four feet, so small that Immaculate and the others, for those three months, had to take turns standing. If not, what was the alternative? It was death by machete. Immaculate, too, very much like, like Father Ubald, lost her parents. She lost two of her brothers. Her grandparents, her uncles, her aunts, her cousins, her neighbors, her friends, her classmates, they too died in this, this, this genocide. And she was terrified. She lived in stark terror as these killers searched for her. They searched her village for any remaining Tutsi. You know, God works in mysterious ways. I remember hearing about... Um, John Paul II, when the Nazis were coming through, he was in an apartment, and they were breaking down door after door, and they were taking people from this area in Poland and putting them into concentration camps. But it was almost as though a divine cloak covered his door. They did not see him. They could not find him. They hit every door but his. I think the same thing happened to Immaculate. As they entered the house, they could have easily found this room. It wasn't you know, th that hard to find. And they never seem to be able to to locate it, you know, locate her. And day in and day out, light or dark, just outside the window, at times feet beyond those thin walls were the sounds of murder. And every day, perhaps every hour, the women wondered how would they meet their end. And you got to realize the violence that many of these women went to before they were ultimately murdered. Uh, and it was terrifying. Uh, and Immaculate can correct me. She's going to be with me in a second. 
I had read somewhere that she read she 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 recited twenty seven rosaries and forty divine mercy chaplets a day. She prayed every waking moment. Now those are two of the most powerful prayers I know. I have a rosary in one hand; I'm never without it, and I pray the chaplet with my other. You know, twenty seven rosaries a day, forty divine mercy chaplets, praying every waking moment. It was how she survived. It was how I believe they all survived physically, emotionally, and I think there was divine protection as a result of her prayers. I, I am delighted to have with me today uh, Immaculate Ilabagiza. Uh, she'll share more of her story. She'll reflect a little bit perhaps on Father Ubald and maybe maybe even get you plugged into a little bit of these powerful visions of the Mother of God in Rwanda that foretold what was to come with both vivid and grisly detail. Immaculate, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. It's always a delight to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And I'm sorry to be so descriptive. I know what you went through is probably as vivid in your mind and in your heart as it was the day that you, you left that, that bathroom. But uh, mm-hmm. we could talk a little bit about your story. But before we do, let's let's talk about Father Ubal. The two of you are kindred spirits. Uh, he went through the same oh. thing you did. And both of you now have this great mission of, of forgiveness. Maybe let's do this. Why don't you share the rest of your story? Because really, after you've survived, both of you went on this mission of mercy. But but for those who don't know your story, have not read the book yet, what happened? 91 days in that bathroom. You've now prayed 27 rosaries, 40 divine mercy chaplets a day. Uh, prayer was the, the blanket of protection that you had. What happened next? Yeah. Oh, thank you again. I was listening to you really recounting my story and the main thing you said is exactly what I wanted to share in my book Left to Tell. It was never about oh look what happened to me. It was more about look God what God did to me through prayer. I saw the power of the rosary. You were so right by saying it was truly the 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 rosaries, the divine mercy chaplet. I was saying every moment in that bathroom that protected us. I had many dreams about Jesus protecting us. I remember one time I was so scared. They were coming to search for us, and they were outside of the door. And I remember having a dream of fainting, and then I felt Jesus came and, and he put the cross at the door. And he said, I am listening to your prayers. Do not be scared. you telling me you trust me, so keep trusting me. I am here. I'm listening. It was like, wow, I wish I can tell people what God has done and how weird he is. And so, as you shared, we spent three months in that bathroom. My heart was completely changed and converted. I experienced love for people who were killing us and really kind of understanding, not understanding like, oh, wow, it's okay. More, it was more like, I understand what, what the devil is doing to you and you are risking hell. Too bad for you. Let me pray for you because you are a child of God. Wow. So that my father God, we will help you. It was really like just a, completely a new way of seeing them. And that was almost a surprise for me too. If God is our father, he loves all of us, just like any parent. If one kid is being bad, the parents are really being hurt. So as the good kid should be praying for the bad one, if not for the sake of the, the other sibling, for the sake of the father and the mother. So it was a new, a new way, but it all came through prayer because I was angry. I was angry in the beginning. I experienced hatred towards people who were killing us. And I realized that 
hatred become almost like a, a, a like a, an obsession. It becomes like something that is not even reasonable. I remember hating people were killing us. Then I, I hated their families. I hated everybody in that tribe. And I couldn't stand the way of ever meeting them. So forgiving them was the same thing. was like, oh my gosh, what was wrong with me? How can I hate everybody? Children who are not even born yet, just because they belong to the same tribe. And I really realized how, where this hatred was taking me. I thought I was going to be a soldier if I come out and just revenge. And I thought that was being a hero. I thought God would be, would be proud of me if I heard people who have killed innocent people. It was really through those rosaries that I came to let go the anger. I realized the power and the, the reality of what our Lord said on the cross. They don't know what they do, you know. And that was really what freed me. And I prayed for them. I experienced that really love towards them and, and compassion towards their blindness. Yeah. And I came outside of the bathroom. My heart was so strong into that power of God and forgiveness yeah. and the love. And when I came out, I didn't uh, somehow I knew what can happen because it was really terrible. But when I came out, I found out everyone in my family was killed. My mom, my dad, my brothers, my grandma, my grandpa, my neighbors, my schoolmates, every one of my tribe. My whole, almost my, you know, half of my whole village was killed. Everything we owned were burned, our homes, every, every memory, every gift of your grand grandpa, everything was wow. burned. Wow. Yeah. And like, even that, I really experienced again, like the power of those prayers. I remember thinking like, okay, I need to, I almost feel like sheltered, still in the hands of God. I, I, let me forget about this. I need to just act like a normal person now. I'm outside and... Because it's too, the feeling is too good compared to what I should be going through. Like, I just die. Well, Immaculate, I'll tell you, hold the thought. I have to take a short pause here. I hear some music coming in. When we come back, we'll talk more. My guest, Immaculate Ilabagiza, they point out she survived the Rwandan genocide. She went into that bathroom at 115 pounds, emerged 65 pounds later. But today is a powerful witness for forgiveness. The Relevant Radio Studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. No hype, just hope. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Well, it's so good to be able to share my afternoon with you. Thank you for allowing me to do that. And thank you for uh, joining the conversation. My guest today is Immaculate Ila Bagiza. She is a New York Times bestselling author. She wrote a book called Left to Tell. You've got to read the book. I'm telling you, it's on my bookshelf. People say, hey, what are your top 10 reads? That that would be one of them. It's 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 uh, it's well worth a read. It will inspire you. No question. But she's written other books too. Uh, her latest book is on the rosary. I, I was talking to her to the break. Said, Immaculate, you've got to come back on. We have to talk about the rosary. She, she wrote a book on how the rosary saved her life. And if you're just joining us, she survived the Rwandan genocide. Uh, this was perhaps, this. Uh, if you probably remember what happened in 94 when this war erupted, it became one of the largest uh, genocides in, in, in recent history. I mean, you're talking about a million people dying in this, and the world turned a blind eye. Uh, the war created an unprecedented two 
and a half million, 2.2 million refugees. A lot of people, most of them fled to Zaire and Tanzania, some of these neighboring countries. But it was horrific. The Virgin Mary appeared there years earlier and warned what was coming. And uh, true to her prophecy, uh, gosh, you saw absolute evil. But here's the interesting thing. My, my takeaway, and I'm not here to do the talking. I want Immaculate to share more with you. God brings good out of every situation. You might be in a storm. You might be surrounded by evil. You might be enveloped in darkness right now. You might be mourning. God will bring good out of it. And and, and there are two souls that that shone very brightly from the midst of all this evil. That's Immaculate Ilibigiza, and the other was a uh, was uh, Father Ubald, who many of you knew very much, uh, who just recently passed away after a long battle with COVID. And it's funny how saints know saints. You know, I really believe that. Saints know saints. We meet each other, right? Uh, Immaculate and Father Ubald uh, had very, a very unique parallel in their own life, but they too knew each other. And, and Immaculate, I, I want to start there. I want to go back to that. How did you meet Father Ubald? How did, your, how did God bring you two together? And, and what was that like? Because your stories are just so, so similar. Oh, thank you again. Yeah, Father Ubald, my goodness, he was such an angel. Now I truly believe we have an advocate in heaven. So how I met Father Obal, I met him in 1992. I was in college, and he was a priest already. And he, wa- he had already that gift of healing. So I went to his mass, and I remember people were falling when he was, you know, praying. He would say, pray harder. Hey, Mary, full of grace. Our Father. And the people who were possessed by the devil, they would fall down. People were healing, exactly as you explained in the, in the beginning, how he used to see so it was the first time I saw somebody, a priest, a young priest, who was saying, somebody have a, a wound on the left of the knee, and they have had it for these 12 years. I want them to go to see the doctor, and now you are healed. There was like 10,000 people. I'm like, oh my goodness. And again, people are falling and screaming, and he would tell us to, to, you know, to send the devil to, to hell, to the cross, under the cross. It was Wow. So anyway, I kept him in my heart. He was very known in the country because of that gift. Every day there was somebody who was healed through his mass. And um, I came to the U.S. in 1998, wrote my book 2006. I still remember Father Bald in my mind. And 2006, when I started to speak in America, that's when I wanted him to come here. I would see the people I speak to. I'm like, gosh, I, I wish he can come here and, and heal people. So I invited him. He never knew me, and he answered the phone. Somebody gave me his number, and I told him, if I invite you, will you come? He said, yeah, I would love to. You know, as long as you're working for Jesus, I would love to. I invited him. He came to one retreat I had. People healed and wrote to me after, and he made many great friends, one of them being Emit Polaski, our our friend. Yeah. I know she's your friend, too. Yeah. So and, and then they started to invite him more. But we became very close, and he was such a brother and such a good lover of Jesus. He had a true faith. I mean, I heard him one time talking to somebody, and this person was like, well, I'm just scared. I don't want this person to think this way. And then I remember Father Obal saying, are you working for Jesus, or are you working for that person? (laughs) (laughs) And that was Father Obal, very bold in faith, such a good priest. My goodness, I miss him. That's, uh, I miss him, too. He was a, a great man. Look, we only have a few moments left. I, I know there are people who are listening who, of course, I mean, your story is is 
you know, it's very dramatic. I mean, surviving a genocide, few can say they've done that. And you've done that with prayer. When you came out of that, you, you too, like Father Ubald, are on this mission of, of forgiveness and reconciliation. For those who can't forgive because somebody has raped them or somebody has cheated them or their spouse has left them or, you know, whatever the situation might be, they've been wrongly imprisoned. Um, what advice would you give to these souls where they, they just they just can't do it? They're, they're, they're wrapped in that hatred and unforgiveness. Oh, thank you again. You know, I've been speaking in um, maybe in these 13 years since I came to the U.S. I need that question many times. And I have met many people who told me, I heard your story and I was able to forgive somebody who have heard me. I remember one man who told me he had been angry for the past 54 years. And he said, I heard your story. And for the first time, I slept in peace in those years. And sometimes I have the same question, what happened to you? I just told you my story, but what happened to yours? Like, how did you come up with freedom from, you know, to, to let it go? So I think when you share your story, the same way the Holy Spirit works in my heart, it really starts working in other people's heart. But if anyone who have asked me that question, again, I don't know how God unload and untie those nuts you know, in our hearts, because people go through many things in different ways. But one thing for sure I know, and that's really, I think, what happened to me. If you are a Christian, be a sincere Christian. Be a sincere Catholic. Be, be real with God. Once you know who you are with God, and you want to follow Him, and you want to be true to Him, you know forgiveness is what God asks us to. When we are, he doesn't even ask, like, if you wish. That is a command. Forgive. Love your enemies. So to me, that's where I was coming from when I started to let go the anger. I remember sitting, okay, God, I want to be real to you. Now tell me how can I do this? So with that, I really will tell everybody, please pray. Pray to be sincere to God and pray to let go. The same way we ask God, protect me, protect my kids. As I was asking God, protect me in this bathroom. All of a sudden, it occurred to me, why can't I ask him to change my heart so I can forgive? We must ask for virtues, and one of them is forgiveness. So in my case, what I saw, I never thought was going to be possible. The first time I asked God, help me to let go the anger, I thought, oh, fine, nice. I know I will never forgive somebody who have killed my family or who is looking for me. But I really want to because you said so. So Sometimes we are so hurt. People have been hurt in so many different ways that you can't make sense of let me forgive but if you again want to be a good christian you want to be a good a good child of god and you want him to be on your side let at least will to forgive ask him help me when you find yourself with that anger just say god help me i want to let it go you told me to to love my enemies and with that willing god will do it so when i started to forgive i remember I wanted to, to be good to God and to, to be true to Him. And I still didn't want to forgive. But I remember going through the, our Lord's Prayer. Anytime I wish to forgive our, me, our trespasses, as we forgive, that's when I still yeah. say, oh, I, I don't want, I can't yeah. say that. I have to mean it. Yeah. Immaculate, I've got to hold it right there. What a beautiful story. Check out her book, Left to Tell, amongst a lot of other books as well. We'll put a link up for her website. I'll be right back. 